You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, June 21st, 2020, by the Reverend Steve Best, Associate for Couples and Family Life at St. Thomas. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose the reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. To fully appreciate today's tiny three-verse Gospel lesson, we need to know the backstory. Jesus has given his disciples everything they will need for their journey, for their march for peace and justice. They have received healing powers, assurance of Jesus' love, provision and perfect timing, and most of all, the courage to face opposition and even persecution. The disciples are given a special weapon to add to their arsenal of love to welcome everything and everyone. Surely there must be more to it, I asked. I asked myself a lot of questions this last week. I've searched the internet on a regular basis for some weeks now looking for the perfect test, the self-help inventory, the survey, the measurement that will help shed light on how I can generate more energy, more courage, more something to get through all of this. To my surprise, I discovered that I wasn't looking in the right place. The answer, at least for me, was found through changing the way I pray. What follows is a prayer that comes out of the rich contemplative tradition set forth by the late Thomas Keating. It's a prayer that I've avoided for some time and on many occasions because it seems so impossible at first, but I've come to trust it as the truest and most reliable indication of how well I'm doing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It is known as the welcoming prayer, and I invite you to try it on this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. 
I am open to the love and presence of God and God's action within. Amen. I'm wondering if any of you feel like I do, that I probably wouldn't have passed Jesus' spiritual fitness test, or any test for that matter. If I'm perfectly honest, I have found a lot to not welcome these last three and a half months, including this mask that I'm wearing while I'm trying to preach. Many days I feel like I am fortunate if I have enough energy and strength to fulfill my minimal and normal, usual responsibilities at home and at work. To find time to truly engage in the wider social issues seems overwhelming. And yet, and yet, Jesus continues to whisper in my ear, I never promised you that following me was going to be comfortable or easy. I believe a healthier way to either begin or continue our engagement with the social justice dimension of the gospel is to first strengthen our prayer lives. The spiritual principles behind the welcoming prayer are important for us to understand. The welcoming prayer is not advocating that we passively sit by watching horrible and destructive things being done to one another and the planet. However, it does point us to the work that needs to be done first, before we act. This is especially important in these times in which many of us have received sharp, even harsh criticism for condoning or even benefiting from the inequalities in our country. The welcoming prayer focuses our attention on acknowledging our emotions and our thoughts, especially negative and charged ones, that comes from our own vulnerability and triggers. Through prayer, we surrender our need to control things and the need to be in the right. It also helps us to resist being controlled or manipulated by forces outside of us. Through the welcoming prayer, we affirm that God brings prophetic voices and difficult situations into our lives for a purpose, things that we need to hear in order to grow and to change. The welcoming prayer promotes good psychology as well. If we do not first cultivate awareness of what's really going on in us, we are likely to project our unfinished work onto others, and especially on those who are different from us or challenging us. The welcoming prayer assists us in becoming free and clear, to allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to propel us to do the kinds of compassionate things that God desires, not necessarily things we desire. It frees us up to respond to each moment as it comes up and not to react out of a place of shame or woundedness. And eventually, eventually God always leads us to some kind of action. God sent his original disciples out into the mission field, and so he shall with us. I believe Jesus is calling you and me to welcome and invite into our hearts and our inner social circles, those who have the capacity to challenge us through prophetic messages, through godly and righteous living and examples, and commitment to help the most vulnerable, even when it isn't convenient or seems too costly. I would like to share a story of what happens when you pray with an open heart and welcome a prophet into your life. I met Jim McCluskey at Princeton Theological Seminary. We were classmates and instant friends. 
Now, Jim was quite a bit older and more experienced than myself. He came from a white, middle-class background, much like many of us. If you met him here in Medina or at St. Thomas, you would think he fit right in. He served as a captain in the Vietnam War. He'd enjoyed a successful career as a business consultant. However, when I met him, his life was in shambles. He was at a crossroads. He had grown weary of the business world and was in search of a calling that would give him more purpose and meaning for his life. Not afraid of a good challenge, Jim felt led by God to apply for a student chaplaincy, a placement at none other than Trenton State Penitentiary, a maximum security facility, the oldest continuously operating prison in our country. With a similar aura and appearance as the prison used as the prison uses in the film Shawshank Redemption. It still gives me chills. As you can imagine, this was not a popular field education placement at the seminary. There were no lines for the application. After a few months of ministering to some of the most dangerous inmates, inmates in New Jersey, Jim met a man who would change his life and start a movement through his prophetic voice. Chiefy de los Santos, was a recovering heroin addict, serving a life sentence for murder that he maintained that he did not commit. When Jim came to believe in his innocence, all his field education supervisor had to say to him was, kid, they all think they're innocent around here. But Jim believed differently. He believed differently than his supervisor. He did believe in the innocence of this man. And soon afterwards, he dropped out of seminary, used his tuition money to start investigating the case on his own, with no legal or investigating uh, training in his background. We had all thought that he had lost his mind, and he thought we had lost our faith. Eventually, Jim uncovered undeniable facts that proved that the state's chief witness had perjured himself, and Chief Hidela Santos was freed after serving nine years for a crime he never committed. Jim went on to found Centurion Ministries, the first organization in our country to focus on freeing the imprisoned innocent. Since 1983, Jim's organization has freed over 63 men and women of all ethnic backgrounds, serving sentences for capital crimes they never committed. He's inspired many others to take up the cause, and I'm pleased to say that Brian Stevenson is a good friend and spiritual brother of Jim. Tonight we have an opportunity to open up our conversations to see how people united with a cause can make a huge difference. Dear friends, this is what happens when we pray an open heart for an open heart and cultivate an unfeeling commitment to finding the truth and welcome in the prophet, even when the prophet doesn't look, act, or have the same background as us. When all are welcome, great things happen for the kingdom of God and for us. I want to end with a quote by Mary Morowski, who was the original creator of the welcoming prayer. To welcome and to let go of all that hinders us is one of the most radically loving, faith-filled gestures we can make in each moment of every day. It is open-hearted embrace of all that is in ourselves and in the world 
that will make the difference. Amen. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedinamedina.org. That's a www.stthomasmedina.org.